Starbucks is going to start blocking adult websites from their Wi-Fi networks. <laughs> They said there's a time and a place for that type of behavior, and it's all day at Dunkin' Donuts. I mean, yeah, just... So What? if you enjoyed looking at porn while you're enjoying your gingerbread latte, your time is up. Wow. Who the hell was... I thought this was America. Who the hell was <laughs> looking at porn at Starbucks? I guess well, I was wrong. So a couple of years ago, a whole bunch of companies signed on to the we're going to use this blocker technology. And McDonald's and a lot of other places that have free Wi-Fi available, they, 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 they block something. I guess, I don't know, I don't try to look at porn when I'm at a restaurant, you weirdos. But Starbucks agreed to it, but then never did it. Uh, and they're yeah. still having a, pro- a tr- problem with people sitting there, you know, with their gingerbread latte cruising porn sites, I guess. I don't know. What is wrong with you? Do you think they at least use headphones? Do they just have the speakers blaring? Don't, don't you have to take a look at your life if you're Headphone. looking at porn? I hadn't even considered the audio. I mean, you could make a, you could make the argument that looking at porn is a, is not a good thing for you, period. But why are you doing it at Starbucks? In public? In public. That's where yeah. the Wi-Fi is. You might have a problem yeah. of some sort. Right. Donald Trump might have a problem of some sort. We're going to talk to a, an, a legal analyst about that coming up. As uh, one of his lawyers, this Michael Cohen dude, has changed the story somewhat. He admitted he lied to Congress. Oh, by the Says way, who? this is an interesting statistic for you. About everybody who knows you. <laughs> I think it's four or five times people have actually been convicted of lying to Congress from World War II to 2007. <laughs> wow. Almost okay. never. And people lie to Congress All the time. Yeah. There are numerous examples just this past calendar year of people lying to Congress about big stories. But nobody almost ever do they ever even pursue it, let right. alone convict somebody of it. Right. What's uh, what's her name? Molly Hemingway from The Federalist was talking about this last night. That they, oh, who was it? Oh, who was it? Who was it? Oh, uh, 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 the, uh, the guy from GPS Fusion. Uh, not Steele, not Christopher Steele, but uh, Glenn Greenwald. Not Glenn Greenwald. What's his? Glenn Simpson. He actually got referred to the Justice Department for prosecution for lying to Congress about the whole GPS fusion dossier thing. And just nothing happened. But um, that as a what's the big deal, I, I don't think I don't think Mueller or certainly the people on uh, at the Washington Post or MSNBC, they don't care about Cohen, whether he walks free today or spends the rest of his life in jail. That They're not concerned about him lying to Congress. Right. It's as if if this story, this new story is damaging to the president or not. And, and I get that. So um, that's what we'll be talking about coming up in just a few minutes. Um. This kind of gets to the whole soul thing you were talking about earlier, I think. This is a hilarious story. Should we hear the audio first, Sean, or go through the story first? Uh, I think set it up first. Okay, so Payless Shoes opened a fake luxury store. Ah, yeah, I saw this story. It's hilarious. Where they talk, well, I, I guess it's hilarious. I don't know. Well, Depends on how you look at it. Jack, who's the soul guru? They, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one with the audibly squeaky eyes. Jack, Joe, that's Jack, I'm Joe, I'm the one who's grasped the truth about the human soul. Right. So we both have our talents. So Payless Shoes, they opened a a new store called Palessi as an experiment to just see how much fashion forward people would pay to have high-end shoes. Influencers, professionals that, uh, that inspire consumers to make purchases based on their expertise were involved. To intend a grand opening of Palessi. Oh, don't let me forget to talk about influencers, quote unquote. Um, they paid between $200 and $600 for Payless shoes that typically run about $40. 
They sold $3,000 worth of shoes in just a couple of hours within the opening by telling these people these are a really big, high-end, important, hip thing. So the $40 shoes sold for how much? Uh, between 200 and $600. Oh, man! But uh, let's hear this. I would definitely spend two ninety five on a pump like this. Plus, you could charge upwards of $800 for their shoes. 500 yeah. People are going to be like, oh, where'd you get those? Those are amazing. These are actually from Payless. Shut up. <laughs> so, I don't... I will not shut up. I don't know if that's, uh, you know, that's something we should mock or not. Because we're oh, we, I do. We all, <laughs> no, everybody's doing it every single day. Unless you're the freaking Amish, you do it every single day. You pay a lot of money for brand look, something else that has no functional difference at all. All mm-hmm. the time, we all do it. Sure, with, with cars, with appliances, with electronics. We're looking for identity. We're looking for a way to distinguish ourselves, a way to express ourselves. You know, it's funny, I was talking earlier this morning, if you're just tuning in, about, I think, the lack of nourishment for the human soul that exists in the Western world is behind the opioid crisis, the suicide crisis, the budget crisis, um, virtually every crisis you can name. Our our politics. Our, our politics, yeah, that's a great example. I think we have accidentally designed a society that malnourishes our souls. And I'm we need more dad. Um, well, that may be. You know, I'll leave the solution up to others. The uh, solution is God. We gurus the Bible. Don't, don't impose uh, solutions. We just ask questions. Um, so anyway, that's where we're going with this. This one doesn't bother me as much just because I get the economics of... Exclusivity. You want to be seen. Well, no, it is tied in. It absolutely is tied in. I'm just, I'm used to it in the wine business because I'm a wino and I know winemakers and, and like oh, some wine of them very is a much. great example of this sort of thing. They make wine and, and there are some, some complications to this, but the basic idea is you make wine, then you decide at which price point you want to and can best compete. And, if you decide, boy, things are crowded at $25 a bottle or, or 22 to $28 a bottle, and you think, well, we got a nice label, uh, our, our, uh, you know, the, uh, the area we're from has got some status, status. Let's try to compete at 45 to $55 a bottle. Has nothing to do with quote unquote quality of the wine. I mean, there are a couple of reasons Napa wines are so expensive. Number one, yeah, okay. Some of it's really, 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 really good. Number two, it's got Napa on the bottle, which can increase your price from 20 to 400%. Um, and third, people who hold that bottle, they get to say, look at what I got. So it's a status thing. Yeah, and that's interesting. And I know a couple of different... Oh, and I'm uh, sorry. And, and real estate prices are, are so insanely high there to buy a vineyard. That's another reason the wines are more expensive. They just have to be. But there are, there are lots of areas that I have some expertise in just because I'm in the, that world of like I'm buying guitars, that sort of th- stuff. I know you can have two things that are very close to the same, but they've decided to, to compete in the $1,000 price point, and they've decided to compete in the $2,000 price point. And there's yeah. almost no difference between them. Right. And it's just, and it, but it's not, it's not just, it, it's not worth sh- just being shallow. There is something anthropological to signaling I'm part of this group hierarchy right and i want to appeal to women in that same socioeconomic group 
uh, or sure. attract mates in that same group. Right. I mean, that's that's what's driving some of it. It's not just being shallow. Oh, since the best warrior got that, you know, fifth bear claw on his necklace instead of just the two or three the other guys have. Yeah, it matters. Mm-hmm. I'm, but you got to be careful that you don't become a slave to it. Otherwise, you get the old uh, the old MS well, malnourished soul. Especially if you got a mate, then what are you doing? <laughs> I guess signaling to other friends that you belong right, in this status in the tribe. I belong in this tribe. Yeah, I am decreasingly surprised yet increasingly disappointed at how often the emperor's new clothes describes human conditions. Oh, it's it's incredible. It it's is really really incredible. I mean, this forty dollars shoes. And being sold for $600 and people saying, oh, this is really going to get a lot of attention or impress my friends or whatever. Okay, it's, that's all imaginary. Mm-hmm. Except it's at the same time real. <laughs> the status is real. Right. If, if your friends believe it, then it's as real as if the shoes were of a higher quality. Right. Right? Well, it, What's not the in difference? terms of how good your feet feel. <laughs> nah, nobody's wearing these shoes because of how it makes your feet right. feel or how long they're going to last. Right. Right. Yeah. Or did how, what's the durability of these, especially for women's shoes? You're going to wear them maybe twice with one outfit or something. Yeah, for that for that crowd, not my wife. But that's that's really interesting, though. I mean, human nature is fascinating. I'd say, I'd say we're a strange and dangerous beast. And that's fairly recent, though, um, uh, from a consumerism standpoint. Like since the early 1900s. I got some information on that coming up later during this Christmas season. Is worth keeping in mind. Okay. Okay. How big a deal is this? Uh, Cohen changing his story to um, in a courtroom yesterday, saying he lied to Congress about how much the Trump people were talking to the Russians about building this hotel. And then a little later on in the hour, I will renew my claims of being a guru by uh, saying I was right about the giant cow viral video, and I've been asked to rule on an incident of racism. Is it real or social justice warrior faked up? You guys didn't get the giant cow again yesterday? Good. Uh, I'm glad I'm here for it. I'm glad I'm here for it. And my audible eye problem. We should really get to that. Oh, boy. Maybe I don't drink enough water. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The primary reason, it was very simple. I was focused on running for president. There would be nothing wrong if I did do it. I was running my business while I was campaigning. Interesting. Cohen Caves is the headline top of the fold USA Today. He lied to Congress about how often and when the Trump people were talking to Russia about building this hotel. And the president says, yeah. I'm a businessman, and even if I had built the hotel, that's perfectly all right. Royal Oaks is uh, ABC's new ABC News' legal analyst and joins us now. Royal, welcome. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. And, yeah, the Michael Cohen plea deal yesterday essentially boiled down to him saying, okay, you got me. I lied to the Senate about five months. I told the Senate the whole Trump Tower in Moscow conversation ended in January 2016. Really, it stretched on in to June 2016. Now, it's hard to appraise the significance of this without going into what a character Michael Cohen is and why (laughs) he might have misled anybody. How significant do you see that admission in terms of the presidency and and, uh, legalities and that sort of thing? 
Well, it's hard to know because on its face, it doesn't sound very significant. I mean, first, you know, five months, what's the big deal? Second, he's not talking about collusion. He's talking about putting up Trump Tower in Moscow. And there's no evidence of the president's fingerprints on doing anything wrong there. But the other side of that coin is that period of time, January through June, that was kind of important because in March 2016, that's when the Russians hacked the Democrats' emails that were later handed to WikiLeaks that were then dumped as an October surprise right before the election. So the implication or the suspicion would be, well, we're playing ball with the Russians, so they're making nice with us by helping getting dirt on Hillary. But as to whether Donald Trump knew about the the hacking and the transfer to WikiLeaks and the decision to release it, We don't know that. We've heard a lot of evidence this week about Roger Stone and Paul Manafort maybe dealing with WikiLeaks. We don't know what Mueller has in terms of hard evidence. But in terms of the actual Cohen plea deal yesterday, it doesn't seem like there's evidence of the fire underneath. It's just more smoke involving Russia. Is it right what the president said? Even if I had built the hotel, it's okay. It would seem to me that he could as a private citizen at that point you you know politically it might not look cool for a variety of reasons and i'm sure his opponent would have made the argument look he's building a hotel with an adversary etc etc but he could do it couldn't he yeah there there seems to be nothing wrong with him doing that it would help explain possibly his reluctance to criticize putin and some people would say you know he's just in bed with the russians it's inappropriate but yeah bottom line is i think you're right that wouldn't be illegal. It's kind of like this is Watergate without tapes. If you believe that Roger Stone and other guys were breaking the law and illegally colluding and conspiring with Russia, okay, there's the Watergate break-in analogy, but is there any evidence that Trump knew about it, was involved, authorized it? And without Watergate-type tapes showing that Trump's fingerprints are on something. It may be Mueller is never going to be able to finish off this whole Sherlock Holmes act and get solid evidence that might support the impeachment of the president. Well, and even uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Royal Oaks, ABC News legal analyst, if even if there was illegal, quote unquote, collusion, it would maybe be on the level of receiving stolen emails, hacked emails. Yeah, I think that's essentially what it boils down to. And, of course, the Republicans' mantra has been, hey, look it up, folks. Collusion is not even a crime. But what is a crime would be if you sat down with the Russians and said, okay, you know, thanks for the vodka. Now let's talk. Okay, so you are going to hack the Democrats' emails, and you're going to leak them to WikiLeaks, and and we're going to be in touch with WikiLeaks. We're going to coordinate when they get released. All that would be conspiring with a foreign power to influence the U.S. election. That's essentially what the Democrats are saying that Roger Stone and others have done. But so far, we don't really have the solid evidence. And we don't know what Roger uh, Robert Mueller has up his sleeve. He is famously tight-lipped about his investigation. Yeah, I uh, don't hesitate for a moment to tell you I am in favor of a lot of Donald Trump's policies. Um, but uh, he sure surrounded himself with a lot of characters. I mean, between Roger Stone and Cohen and uh, Manafort, uh, Manafort and uh, Jerome Corsi. I mean, these are colorful fellows. Yeah, and it's interesting. You know, Roger Stone has a colorful history with Trump. Back in 1979, Roy Cohn, the famous Joe McCarthy lawyer, was helping Reagan uh, on his campaign for the presidency. So he was involved in Republican politics, and uh, he was Trump's lawyer. And he, he Cohn, ran into Michael, uh, that is, uh, Roger Stone, and he introduced Roger to Trump. And for the next couple of decades, 
Roger was sort of a fixer for Trump. Then he was on Trump's campaign. Then he was fired. Then he was back on informally. And while Stone was informally on the campaign in 2016, that's when he allegedly knew what WikiLeaks was up to. As to whether there's a link between Stone's knowledge and Donald Trump, that's what Mueller's going to try to get to the bottom of. Royal Oaks, ABC News legal analyst, even-handed and insightful as always. Thanks, Royal. You bet. Good to talk to you. Was Everybody was confused. We, we brought it up on this show many times. Why does Trump say such nice things about Putin? Or, or why is he so hesitant to criticize Putin mm-hmm. about things that are easily criticizable? Leading up to, of course, the famous time when they are sitting side by side or standing side by side. And he sided with Putin's version of the story over his own government's intelligence. Right. He says agency. he didn't mess with us. I believe him. Yeah. We, and we all wondered why that is. Yeah. Um, I think there are multi-layered reasons for that, but yeah, everybody has their own opinion. So one one view of this brought up on MSNBC, the Rachel Maddow crowd yesterday was if 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 Trump is saying out loud to cameras on the campaign trail, look, I got no dealings with Russia. I'm not talking to Russia. They had nothing going on, everything like that. And the Russians are watching, which I'm sure they were, and saying, oh yes, you do. Cohen's talking to us right now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they've got something on him at that point. They could expose the fact that what he's saying is not true. Compromise. So is Boy. that something? Is that enough to hold over a guy's head That's to get anything out of him? not much of a lever. Yes, he does. He has deal brewing now. And Trump says, we talked to a guy twice about maybe we'd buy some land. It's not really an ongoing deal. How many votes is that quote-unquote controversy going to move? I don't think any. I, don't I think the I don't think the hotel thing is going to be that damaging. It's about the is if this gets tied in somehow to the WikiLeaks stuff as you were just bringing up. If 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 the Trump campaign was working with an enemy of the United States and Russia is an enemy of the United States. Make no mistake. I mean they're bombing hospitals that our troops are trying to protect in various countries. Well, for they're instance, trying to screw with our society 365 days a year. Never mind the elections. They're it, trying to tear us apart. If they were working with an enemy of the United States in, in ways to keep you know the Democrats from being able to win the White House, that's not cool. That would not be cool. But right. Whether Trump knew that was happening? Did it happen, one? Did Trump know it was happening, two? Those are right. two different questions. Did they go a couple of steps down that road and realize, oh, being new to politics, a lot of them, Realizing, oh, this is way more uncool than I'd realized, um, which is entirely possible. But if I'm a Trump fan, here's here's the only avenue I'm really concerned about or you ought to be concerned about uh, in terms of like a serious threat to the presidency, impeachment, et cetera. And that is if um, the Russians were actually laundering money through some of the Trump properties back in the day. You know, paying fifty million dollars for a three million dollar penthouse, that sort of thing, to launder money, um, and and you know the Trump organization turned a blind eye to it. Then when it came to uh, president time, the Russians were saying, "Hey, that'd be a shame if that news got out, huh?" Then we got a problem. Hmm. What's but I don't your... know that to be true. What's coming up in your news, Marshal? New report. Mueller closing in on possible links between a Trump associate and WikiLeaks, the Clinton email leaks, and yes, the Russians. And we got a study about the millennials in the basement. Those stories will be Damn coming millennials! up. millennials! You're ruining the country! <laughs> Why can't you leave our country alone, millennials? <laughs> wow. He's militant, folks. Everything we hold decent and cherish, you're what? ruining you, millennials! <laughs> Run for your lives. <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. 
about all y'all, because the vast majority of people who listen to a radio show or watch a TV show or go to a restaurant are never going to contact it. Mm-hmm. But looking at the Twitter feed, there's no nuance to this story. It's either all complete crap, including the fact that the Russians even messed in our election, or Trump is clearly an agent of Putin and... Um, and all that we hold uh, dear has been ruined. Well, there's there's right. no nuance in the text line, I'll tell you that. That's interesting. Since the early days of the Soviet Union, the Soviets slash the Russians have been messing with our elections, our society, our politics, everything. It's been an ongoing program. If you... if Well, I why would I waste my breath? You either understand that, you understand that's not an indictment of Donald J. Trump or his legitimacy... Or, or you don't understand that. Okay, fine. Here's Boy, that's the, interesting, though, yeah, isn't it? it is. Here's the news with Marshall Phillips. Well, zeroing in, the Wall Street Journal is reporting that court documents are providing yet another indication that Robert Mueller is zeroing in on the ties between WikiLeaks and Roger Stone. Stone, one of Trump's former campaign advisors and a longtime associate. Now, according to the documents, and more than half a dozen people who've testified in the investigation, Mueller's office has been focusing on Stone's role as a potential conduit between the Trump presidential campaign and WikiLeaks, which, during the 2016 election, published thousands of emails related to Hillary Clinton that U.S. intelligence agencies determined were stolen by Russian hackers. Now, the prosecutors reportedly have evidence Stone may have had advanced knowledge of WikiLeaks' plans to publish those emails. And according to the docs, which also suggest Mueller's team is continuing to investigate possible witness intimidation by Stone. Now, Stone is denying any knowledge, uh, advanced knowledge of the website's plans. His lawyers are saying the stench of a politically motivated witch hunt is in the air. Well, if Roger Stone knew in advance, if somebody tipped him off, hey, WikiLeaks has dirt on Hillary. What does that What does that mean? If he was involved in the timing of the release, that, yeah. and the and the Russians were involved in it, then you, then you're coordinating with an enemy, right? Right. Yeah, I suppose so. Although, hey, Russia, how about October? Yeah, right? duh, we know. Well, <laughs> I mean, a journal goes on to say at the height of the presidential campaign, Stone publicly said on several occasions he'd been in touch with WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange, telling associates he had a foreshadowing of the material that the website planned to leak in October. But even if Stone did do all this, if the president didn't know, Stone's in big trouble, the president's still fine. Right, probably. And if the president did know about it, do all the president's men go full court press on? Meanwhile, Hillary was sending steel over to get info on Trump from Russian spooks. So, where does that leave us? Seriously, where would that leave us? I wonder... You you know what? You got to give the uh, presidency to Gary Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) He he may not know about Aleppo, but he wasn't consorting with the Ruskies. He finished third. (laughs) Right! (laughs) Like in the Olympics, somebody gets uh, caught juicing. Meanwhile, this God dang move it. everybody up on the podium. Yeah. So, is Mueller going to come out with a report that's got that's got stuff that that is appalling to some and a big yawn to everybody yes. else? Yes, a boatload of eye of the beholder. And then we yell at each other about it, clear up till November right. of two thousand twenty. <laughs> Correct. Oh boy, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> Meanwhile, this just coming in: the Associated Press is reporting prosecutors say they are mulling new charges for ex-Trump campaign head Paul Manafort. And they will detail the lying allegations against him next week. 
But they're apparently thinking of dropping more charges on him. But to this point, he's all about tax evasion and failing to register as a lobbyist and has almost nothing to do with Trump. How about Trump calling Cohen a weak and stupid person? (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. He's well. He's weak and stupid. <laughs> I, I miss the stupid. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, wow. Uh, California Governor-elect Gavin Newsom says the state has got to do more to address the humanitarian crisis at the border with Mexico involving the large caravans of Central American migrants. He says a tour of an immigration detention center and temporary shelter for the asylum seekers in San Diego drove home the need for California to invest more money. Invest? No, an investment is something you expect to get a return on. Right. Well, if it's importing more Hispanic voters, I suppose, Gavin, you are getting a a return, aren't you? Hey, it turns out that uh, pressure from Congress is now convinced the Veterans Affairs Department to go ahead and pay those student veterans all the benefits they're due under the Forever GI Bill. Thursday's change, of course, came a day after VA officials told Congress they would not retroactively pay the vets who were underpaid because of a computer error. And these are guys and gals who are going to college and using that money for their education. And they're starving broke. And the VA's explanation was, well, to to pay them the money we owe them, we'd have to do an audit and that would delay future payments. So that'd be even worse. So no, we're not even going to look into it. And and, and the, the world went crazy because that is... Not only is that lying to our vets and, and, and cheating on the promises we made to them, it's lazy and unresponsive and, and, and apathetic and abusive and just was greeted by a universal howl of anger. My brother did the GI Bill thing back in the day, and right. quite a few years ago, but uh, the way they had it set up then, it was impossible to utilize it to go to college. If you had somebody who could float you all the money to pay all the costs up front, then you could get reimbursed many months later. But if you didn't, there's just no way you could wow. sign up for college and use it. Wow. And it was, that's, that's pretty, well, it's beyond pretty uncool. It's very, very, very uncool. We're calling it. How about you float the money, uh, government, and then, then you figure out where it comes from or something, if, you, if this is what you promised people. We're calling it the crisis of the millennial in the basement. You've probably heard. Damn me- millennials. What have you, let's, we should have a list of things millennials have ruined. We should put it on the wall. Bedspreads. Ruined. By millennials, <laughs> the fine china. Nobody wants it. Nobody right. wants fine china. Thanks right. to millennials. Yes, grandfather clocks. They don't want them Ruined. either. Yes. Anyway, you probably heard millennials are getting married a lot later in life than their parents' generation. But there's a startling statistic into the fact that they're sticking around home longer. More than a third of millennials, a third of millennials are still living with their parents. How old is a millennial at this point? Eighteen to thirty-five. All right. Eighteen to thirty-five. Analysis of census data by the Detroit Free Press concludes well, oh. that 35% of them are living at home. Okay, well, so a third between 18 and 35. Well, if you take the lower third of that, it's that they're not that Probably old. most of them. They're not that old. <laughs> that is a startling statistic. We got states where half of young adults... Startling that you would do it on the news. Hey, only, hey. what, what? Some of these states, half of the young adults live at yes. home. New Jersey, 47%. Yes. Connecticut, 42%. New York, 41%. The lowest, though, and this this is interesting from a political standpoint. Right. Mm-hmm. The lowest, North Dakota at sixteen percent, South Dakota at nineteen percent, wow. Nebraska at twenty one percent, Iowa at twenty two percent. Places where self reliance are valued, stupid. and housing costs are and lower. And a lot of them are oh, stupid, you... stupid Trump supporters. <laughs> where the kids leave home. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm starting a Getty show, The Conscience of the Nation.
It's interesting, though. Those are very different states, those two lists. Over just be and over the- again, we're told that people who disagree with us are bad people, as opposed to just people from different places with different needs of government. Mm. Come on. I heard uh, none other than Kid Rock talking about that this morning. Talking about why y'all hating on each other. Let's just let's disagree and not hate each other. Kid Rock. Kid Rock should have run for the U.S. Senate. I still have my hat. It was a disappointment that he bowed out before he even made a run. Well, they asked him, will you think about getting into politics after your music career? He said, maybe one night if I get drunk enough, I'll think about it. <laughs> but that's it. We've been weaving out of the human soul in and out throughout the show during this materialistic time of the year. I've got a quote on that that's pretty interesting. I need to settle the racism or fake racism uh, question and also uh, why I am hail- being hailed as a meme buster. <laughs> Joe the meme buster. Right. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. thingies in a church in Europe and played some ACDC music for it. Played a little Hell's Bells. I believe technically there was the largest set of church bells in all of Europe. Oh, really? Wow. Which, which, uh, which church is that at? Do you I don't know? know. Let me find out. Yeah. I've, I've visited a lot of large was churches. Was it in Germany? I mean, right. big, really big churches. That's part of my thing. And speaking of that, we've been weaving in and out of the soul. I've got a quote about the soul. The human ladies. soul? Yeah, and all that sort of stuff. Coming up in just a second. Excellent. Uh, uh, inside a German church built in 1506. There yeah, that's So, uh, Ian Bremmer, who we talk to semi-regularly, is an international relations guru. He just posted a video at the uh, G20 summit, is it? Mm-hmm. Where uh, uh, MBS and Vlad Putin greet each other with a hearty smile and laugh and big soul handshake. At all. Oh, you have got to see this. We're posting it at armstrongandgetty.com. Oh, boy. So you got Vladimir Putin, who's known to have killed a whole bunch of journalists oh, who've yeah. written bad stories Whenever about him. Whenever he needs to. Yeah, they get uh, they get poisoned or they just get shot on the street. Remember that one guy got shot with his girlfriend? Yeah, two blocks from the Kremlin. Yeah. Um, and it was on video, but still got away with it. So Putin, who's, who's murdered journalists, and then MBS, who recently had a journalist chopped up, they meet for the first time since that incident at the G20, and they're both just... Giant smiles and like high five slapping like all right man what's up brother I shoot him on the street but I never thought it a bone saw nice touch <laughs> wow nice touch with the bone saw God it's un- the video is unbelievable friends armstrongandgetty.com it is I'm having trouble wrapping my head around it on a lighter note you can also pick yourself up some Armstrong and Getty T-shirts or or sir uh, hoodies or whatever little A and G swag while you're there looking at the chilling chilling video. But that would lighten your day. That's the sort of thing I'm sure has gone on in history. Um, you know, a, a, a thousand years ago with various sure. kings or whatever. Yeah. Oh, good job with uh, slaying a thousand peasants. That'll teach them to uprise, huh? <laughs> but it wasn't on video. All right, we, we didn't must, get to watch the video. We must we must move along swiftly. Did you see the gigantic cow online? We were talking about this. It is a. An, it appears to be a. Like a 20-foot-tall cow towering above its brother and sister cows in 
Looks like some sort of uh, affected by radioactivity horror <laughs> movies of the 50s. Giant count. count Australia, Joe. It's nothing to mock. Well, I said <laughs> it's New Zealand, isn't it? Um, anyway. Same thing. All right. <laughs> so uh, I, uh, I, I said as we were discussing it, I don't know. I, there's nothing there for perspective. It might be next to those little Irish cattle that I want to raise that are about the size of German shepherds. And it turns out, uh, yeah, he was hanging out with uh, Wagyu cattle, which are much smaller than regular cows. I come from the never let the facts get in the way of a good story uh, school of journalism. Not me. Accuracy is my hallmark. Because when Sean said, this thing's as tall as me, I thought, yes, so are almost all cows. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, I didn't say anything because that would have ruined the story. Yeah, again, you can you can go with your... Wait, almost 3,000 pounds. Go to your local state fair. They're all that tall. Yeah, cows <laughs> are really, really big. All right, the second thing I've been called upon to adjudicate, uh, I've made a specialty of looking at incidents of racism, quote-unquote, the... Uh, uh, on a college campus, there's a noose hanging from a tree. A, a professor has her car defaced. Often, these things turn out to be social justice warriors who are so desperate to draw attention to their cause, they fake up the racism themselves. Happens all the time. I've been asked to adjudicate this one, which I will tell you in advance is a a bit of a tough one. Uh, The person involved is a psychology professor. That's one sign. If it is a social sciences professor on a college campus, that's when they call me. And I I slide down the silver pole. (laughs) I put on my fake racism or real racism gear. Um, So that's a sign. You go fight crime. She is, uh, her name is Elizabeth Midlarski. She's a clinical psychologist and a Holocaust scholar at Columbia Teacher College on the Upper West Side of New York. She goes into her office with some students. And what they saw made them stop in their tracks. The vandalism included swastikas and an anti-Semitic slur, Yid, painted in bright red on the white walls of her office foyer. The outer door had been closed but not locked, one student said. I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. I'm not usually a fearful person, said the professor, but they got me. I'm afraid. Um, Notified security. They're investigating. Episode uh, from the Washington Post um, comes amid mounting concerns about anti-Semitism, rebooted for the 21st century, Um, blah, blah, blah. So you got a couple of problems in adjudicating this one. Number one, there is a lot of anti-Semitism going around. One factor, which uh, the WAPO had a big piece on right-wing violence the other day, and somebody said, why didn't you guys talk about this? Well, part of it was they relied on some statistics that have been debunked including uh, we went through the fabulousreason.com article talking about the the steep rise in anti-Semitism. A lot of it comes from the left, college students on the left, who are hardcore, literally violently anti-Zionist. And to suggest that the rise in those incidents, and and a big part of the rise in anti-Semitism was on college campuses, um, to uh, assign that to the right wing is just not accurate. so that's tough. And anti-Semitism is a very serious thing, like any sort of bigotry and racism is. Uh, I will tell you this. I would never, ever make light of this. And if it was actual, horrifying, neo-Nazis, haters, anti-Semites, uh, I condemn what they did and everything they do. And, and I'm all for bringing them to justice. 
but you have an activist professor in the social sciences. I noticed that the slurs and the swastikas were painted on the walls. None of the paint touched any of her personal effects. All of her pictures. That's pretty good right there. Her poems. That's, uh, that's pretty good. Her Holocaust uh, memorial memorabilia, um, which, again, is a, a holy subject, and I would never take it lightly. Um, I'm leaning toward this was created by somebody who's trying to draw attention to anti-Semitism. The truth generally comes out on these two. Yeah, it does. There was a recent attack on a synagogue. People were slaughtered for being Jews. Oh, yeah. Shot down like animals. Nightmares. That that was certainly real. Right. The Pittsburgh synagogue. Um, And there are plenty of real incidents. And so, again, I'm taking great pains to tell you, I do not take this stuff lightly. Seems a little suspicious to me. We just had like 15 people say, hey, Joe, what do you think of this one? So figured I'd weigh in. But we will see. We'll find out. Okay. A look at the American soul or, uh, yeah, the American soul coming up in just a minute. Also, uh, once again, all your information has probably been hacked. This might be... I know you're tired of hearing this. This might be the biggest hacking of consumer information yet. Wow. But the new record gets sent, like, every month. And what's going on with the whole MBS, Saudi Arabia, war in Yemen, vote in Senate to withhold our support? One of our favorite experts from the Middle East, we're going to talk to him, sort it out, so you'll know more than all your friends about this stuff. Yep. All on the way. Please stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.